I I signed up for my first podcast appearance, <laughs> and I was terrified. Yes, I wasn't good at public speaking at all. I, not not to say that I'm good now, but I was I was so scared that it was difficult for me to have to have a solid conversation. So I prepared myself for days before that podcast show. I and I was sweating through the entire show. I I didn't really know what to say. I was very awkward. That felt awkward, and. Uh, yeah, that was that, that that was terrible. And you know, two years fast forward, I've I've been to let's say forty or fifty podcasts, and now I I don't have that fear at all. So no fear. I might be awkward. I'm not. I'm 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 not be perfect, and that's fine. Fearless and Successful Podcast is hosted by Coach D. That is me. <laughs> Designed for change makers just like you. As a coach, activator of human potential, and freedom architect, I have one mission with this podcast to inspire you to dream big, plan for success, and impact the world. I love all things mindset, money, and manifestation. So I will be sharing my favorite tips and tricks to help you activate your infinite potential by taking aligned and inspired action. You can also expect fearless stories from leaders around the world who designed life and business on their own terms. If we can do it, so can you. If you're ready, my fearless friend, let's get this party started. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, fearless people. We have a coach from Toronto coming in and we're going to have a juicy conversation. Yeah, you know, guys, I'm all about juiciness and going deep and having big talk, but this one is a really special. We have Roman Mirano coming all the way from Toronto. Welcome. Hi, and thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's going to be great and it's a pleasure. Oh, so good. I'm so excited. Before we go into your story, why you're doing what you're doing and giving our listeners some tips and insights, how they can take action if they are identifying as someone who is dealing with the problem that you're solving. Tell us what kind of a coach you are and what do you do? Okay. And once again, thank you for the opportunity. What I, what I do is, put simply, I help people break free from porn addiction. So I work with people who actually feel that this is a problem in their life. They realize that they're missing on some kind of opportunity. They're wasting time. They're wasting their potential. They're trashing their relationships or not even developing skills for socializing, dating, relationships, and so on. And, and they see that life is actually, they're, they're wasting life. Mm. That's when they come to me. Wow. Would you, I, I don't even, I don't even have a representation how many people are out there who are dealing with that kind of problem. Do you have any stats? <laughs> The problem with this is that 
people aren't open to actually talking about this. So mm -hmm. we, we don't have a official stats, but I would say that there is a study, a pretty good study that said that there are about 70% people who watch porn, they are not addicted to it. They just watch it recreationally. Let's say once, once a week or a couple of times a week, a man comes home, he wants to relax. So he sits in front of his whatever laptop or TV and watches some porn. And that's a, a way for him to get relaxed, mm. which, is, which is fine for most people. And they don't find that this is the problem. The other 30% are those people who, who cannot stop watching porn. So they feel that they're compulsive users. And those people, they either feel guilty, let's say about 15% of them, they feel guilty about watching porn. Maybe that's for a religious reason, or maybe that's because they feel that this actually decreases their productivity. And the other 15% are those people who are completely compulsive users. So they can't control their behavior. They do it automatically. Oh, wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I did not have idea um, that this is such a big addiction. Would you, would you know, is there like, what is the percentage when it comes to women and men? Because you mentioned like men come home. I am, I'm assuming that there are also women who are doing the same or not. <laughs> yeah, that's a very very valid question because actually I work mostly with men because that's uh, you know my experience resonates with men mostly and I think that and probably that's my own bias but for women this is less a problem because it's like <laughs> when it comes to porn porn is designed mostly for men mm. it it focuses on this visual component and all the small tricks that they do in porn, they are all geared to men. That's why porn is not that exciting for women. Women would rather watch a romantic comedy. Yes, yes, that makes sense. Wow. Well, most of, I guess, I, I, I don't know where I heard this. It was on an, another podcast by a, by a sex coach and she was talking how porn is actually designed by men for men so that makes like a valid point <laughs> so yeah oh my god so good um you mentioned like coming from your own experience do you mind sharing your own story and how you become became a coach who is actually helping with this kind of problem sure absolutely so i actually discovered porn when I was around age 12 and I sort of I sort of liked it and it since then it became my replacement for sex so whenever I wanted to to have a, a sexual experience I channeled that into porn because I did not learn anything else and that was like the the, the first problem that porn created in my life instead of dating and socializing and talking to girls learning about girls what i did i was i was going to my man's cave 
watching porn and masturbating and teaching myself that this was the right way to, to do sex, which was completely wrong. So what I did is I missed about five years of prime dating time, let's say from 16 to 21. And I, the problem with that was actually at 21, I, I, I started dating my girlfriend and later she became my wife, which was good, right? But I never had a chance to develop proper relationship skills. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, I actually lost my marriage when I was 32. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I realized, okay, I need to stop porn because porn actually had a negative effect on my marriage because I was not present. I was using it as an escape mechanism. So instead of being engaged with my family, I would go away, go, go to my home office or my office and, you know, just spend time there a couple of hours away from my family, you know, doing this thing, watching mm -hmm. porn and masturbating. And that had a toll on my family and eventually I lost it. So I realized I had to stop porn. That was one thing. And the other thing was that now that I did not have porn, I did not have sex. I had to actually educate myself about relationships. Hmm. And that's how I, I spent the next, let's say five years learning relationships, learning dating skills, putting myself out there, practicing, getting into relationships, going on dates. And at that point, I realized, okay, so I, I developed this knowledge, I developed the skills, and now what I can do is, yeah, help people stop, just, just go through the, same, through the same journey that I've been on, mm -hmm. stop porn, and then develop those skills by socializing because actually these two things are very interconnected, very interconnected. Because with my clients, what I find is that one of the main reasons they go to porn is loneliness. They feel lonely. They don't know how to socialize. And then they think that this is the only outlet for them. Hmm. Wow. Yes, any addiction it is, if we, we look at it as, as behavioral point of view. And um, we both come from Tony Robbins' world, and Tony always says, uh, you have to learn what you need to teach. And I think for you, it was like really learning that um, going back into to the real world and really connecting with people was something that you will in initially teach others, which is so, so powerful. Um, you cannot give the transformation if you haven't gone through it, right? So we know that. And it's just such a powerful story. So thank you for sharing. Did your wife, so you were together, if I did my math right, you were together for 10 years, right? Did she know about what was happening behind the scenes with you? Look, I don't think she she knew exactly because she never caught me. Mm -hmm. I was hiding all the time. But I think she had a clue because I did I did some weird things. Like 
asking her to watch porn with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a good clue, right? What else? I mean, I, th I think she sort of caught me a couple of times. Like, let's say she saw the movies that I downloaded. I mean, like, notice that I downloaded them. Maybe she looked into the, the browser history, mm. which is something I'm very ashamed of. And I hate to be hiding to be clearing my browser history. That's... Mm. Yeah. And right. Trust and, and honesty and transparency, uh, the most important values in a relationship, right? They were kind of broken. Wow. Um, is there a point where you felt that you hiding from her? Was that the kind of a thing that how did you felt about that? Like just hiding and not being with her what was that like look like for you like what was the feeling that you like I go into my room and I hide stuff okay I would say this hiding is one of the worst things about porn addiction for me mm -hmm. because I am I am really an open person I'm uh, an honest person at least I try to be I do my best to be that kind of a person, but this is an important value of mine. And whenever I had to hide from her, I felt that I was disrespecting this, this value to really ah. dishonoring it. And for me, this incongruity, it was terrible. Mm. So after each episode, I felt really, really depressed, really down. And, and also, Back to your question, as a result of that, I wasn't engaged with my family, both with my ex-wife and with my son. Because, wow. because you know, when, when I felt depressed because of hiding this, I really, like, think of my energy was completely negative. I'm, I'm going around depressed and I can't even say why. I can't explain why to them. Of course, I, I, I wanted to actually get away from them because, you know, with all this, with all this energy, mm -hmm. that's, that's how I felt. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is such a, such a powerful realization and awareness, right? Um, tell me people, you end up, ended up, your relationship um and that kind of got you back into the game you were kind of forced to go out there and date and and you know build those skills but what are people who might not be interested in in dating and relationship and they are maybe not aware that they have a problem how we go about it how do we check in with ourselves if we have an addiction or we have something that is causing us to to be you know building those social skills and relationships mm. okay let me say this you know in my practice most people who come to me they know they have a problem mm -hmm. already of course so it's not a matter for most people, it's not a matter of knowing or not knowing. They do know. Mm. But do They're, they know that they have a problem? They do. Most of them, they, they do. Okay. And the, the, 
like the main, let's say, symptoms are you feel you're wasting time. Yes. You're wasting your energy. You feel, let's say, yeah, you get the, that those 15 minutes of pleasure, but then you, you spend the next couple of hours feeling bad about yourself. Wow. Plus, they feel that they are they're getting numb to sexual experiences and a lot of other things in life because porn is such a high dopamine thing. They, they get so overstimulated by it that everything else feels boring afterward. Wow. They feel that. And so we're not talking about relationships. Relationships, those are the main culprits. Okay, so check, so people know if they feel they're wasting time and they get bored with just experiencing a a kind of sexual um, experiences or, um, yeah, so I think (laughs) if people feel like they're wasting time with something that is giving them ultimate pleasure, but it's not what they feel afterwards that they had a pleasure and they both they keep like, why, why did I do this for like next couple of hours? That can be your cue. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So when clients come to you, so what is the first step that you help them with? What I do is I sit down with them and I talk about how they do porn, what is what their most motivating factor is. And from there, we actually build a system. So, so what, what we basically do is that we create pain and punishment rules for porn, rewarding them for not watching porn and punishing them for watching porn so that they teach their brain to to not like porn and to like something else instead. And that something else is usually a replacement habit that we Mm -hmm. put in place of porn watching. That's important because our mind doesn't like to actually drop a habit that we've been living with for a long time. Mm -hmm. It prefers to have something else instead. Yes. So let's say instead of porn watching, I I tell the client to let's say practice music, play mm-hmm. music, play cello, or play the guitar. Oh wow! Every, so every time instead, and then and then we use that single most motivating factor that we found together to actually motivate them. Use it as a reminder and refer to it often so that it really is in the front of their mind and they can actually focus on on those pain and pain and pleasure principles that we talked about and use them to stop watching porn what would you say is is there, have you experienced, and by no means, I'm not saying that this is your, we always know, we as coaches, that responsibility for results is in our clients' um, hands, right? They, you are just the facilitator and guide. Would you say that there are people who come back um, into the loop of getting back addicted, or does it show as 
different addiction when they drop the porn addiction? Do you have that data? Maybe not for you, maybe somewhere else. You know, what I see is that in the process of coaching, most, most men actually do have good results. That, that's for sure. Now, the next step for them is to go on really doing something new. And that could be either, usually, either developing a relationship with a woman or engaging into some challenging project. Let's say they do a switch in their career or they start a new business. As long as they have that new outlet where they rechannel their sexual energy that they're now conserving by not watching porn and masturbating, then they do have long-term success. Mm. Otherwise, it's, it's quite easy to backslide because if you, if you don't have anything else going on in your life, then you will feel pity about yourself and you'll say, okay, I can actually give a little bit of comfort, a little bit of love to myself through porn, especially now that I've been, I've been staying away from it with my coach together with my coach for, let's say 90 days. Why not? I can actually reward myself. And that's how they, they can even sometimes go back into this new, a new part of the cycle where they are back to porn watching and maybe it's now even worse wow yeah so what what i'm hearing is like really finding also that new challenge new excitement in your life that's going to channel that sexual energy yeah wow so important um, and we know that when you get creative, like that's the, that's the really the, the drive, um, especially if, if maybe like entrepreneurs and people who are listening like that, uh, we know from, we recently read in, in, um, in our book club, in our program, uh, Think and Grow Rich. And, and there is a chapter that talks about how to use sexual energy to actually create, right? Exactly, exactly. That's so, so important to actually channel it into creation. Wow, so powerful, amazing stuff. Um, what is the most exciting for you when you're working with your clients? Well, speaking of, <clears throat> excuse me, speaking of Napoleon Hill, uh, th that's what excites me so he talked about transmutation he said that and i totally agree that sexual energy in a man is one of the strongest in the world because this is actually our sexual instinct driving us and the sexual instinct is what drives evolution so obviously this is a very very powerful force and it's in our own hands to actually either use it for good, for creativity, for entrepreneurship, for great ideas, or to waste this great potential on watching porn and other bad habits. Mm -hmm. So I know that, and I do believe that by conserving that energy, even if you don't watch porn, let's say for a week, or maybe then you go to 30 days, you feel that energy bursting in you. 
like uh, I feel it in myself right now. Mm-hmm. And I know that with this, it gives me focus. It gives me concentration and it gives me motivation to do the things that I want to do, to bring myself, to bring what I have to the world, to share my passion with the world. And that, that makes a huge difference. When you do have that energy, you transmute it, as Napoleon Hill said, or you waste it. Let's say, like I, I have a client who has his most challenging moment right when he wakes up. Mm-hmm. So at that, at that point, he wants to watch porn and, and masturbate. And if he does that, that's like a day he wasted in his life. Because wow. even, <clears throat> even though he did it in the morning, he doesn't have the energy. And for us, man, that, that energy is important because there is, th- this is a key distinction that you need to understand about men and women. For men, orgasms mean wasting sexual energy. They're good. They make us feel good because we, our body produces prolactin, which is a hormone of relaxation. But then we don't have the energy to put ourselves out in the world and go conquer and so on. Whereas for women, orgasms are good in both. both, (laughs) So interesting. Yes, both physically and psychologically. They, women do benefit from them and it's important. And that's why it's good for, let's say, for women to have multiple orgasms. So that's different. Yeah. So, so this is an interesting point. Um, If, if men have like, they're wasting their energy. um, I guess I'm trying to understand. So if we are wasting the energy, like when is the right time then to, to have a a sexual experience? It doesn't need to be like, uh, you know, masturbation, but you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a very valid question. And I always tell my clients this. First of all, you need to do a 30-day experiment. Mm. No porn, no masturbation. And then you see how you feel. And after you do that, when and this basically means that they were if they went for, without porn for 30 days, they are now porn free which is good. So they, they don't have the habit anymore. And now they can make a conscious choice. They can experiment with their body and with their psychology and see which timing is good for them. For some people, it's one week for actual, for most men, it's one week. So ejaculating once a week, but maybe it's got to be different for someone else. Let's say for someone, it could be two weeks or maybe three days so really coming so having that clear clean slate and really coming from hey uh, my conscious is clean um i am free of addiction now i can make really mindful decision and really like if i'm hearing you right like really absorbing like observe observing your body and your feelings and emotions and 
find the sign within, right? That's going to tell you, hey, this is how I feel. And right. Oh, so good. Yeah, because there, I guess there is no right and wrong. It's just how we feel, right? And we need to be able to feel that with a certain clear energy and clear presence. Exactly. Let's get a little bit more specific so that our listeners understand. So let's say you have sex every every three days and you feel good about it. But after you ejaculate, you realize that you don't have energy like mm. the next day or the next couple of days. So then you say, OK, so three ejaculating every three days is too much for me. So maybe I could try doing it this, doing this once a week. You do it in every seven days. And then you feel much better. You feel more energy. And you say, okay, okay, maybe this is the schedule that's right for me. Even if one week is not enough for you, you could go to ejaculating once, once, you know, bi-weekly or maybe once a month. So keep experimenting and see what works for you. Yeah. Such a great uh, example. That's so good. Um, amazing. Well, I think we covered like so much and it was like just so, so good. Um, is there anything else that you want to share that I forgot to ask? Like, this is so like mind-blowing for me. Like, this is really vulnerable for me and also like really honest conversation. So I don't know what to ask, but maybe you have something that you want to add to this conversation. Oh, okay. Let me say this, that this is important. I think when it comes to porn and masturbation, the first thing and the most important thing is to stop watching porn because porn actually rewires your brain in so many ways. Porn is overstimulation. And then you come to expect the same overstimulation in, in your sex mm. or from, from just from women that you meet because you start to objectify them, look at them as sex objects. And this is not good. So masturbation in it of itself is not an evil thing. I mean, porn, getting addicted to porn and then to masturbation is way, way more, more you know, mm -hmm. dangerous. So make sure that breaking free from porn is your first step. Masturbation can come second. Yeah, such a such an important note. Yeah, one hundred percent. And thank you for just like voicing that, like seeing women as a sex object. I think that's such a valid point. I think um, that's yeah, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, Roman, tell us what you know you have some exciting things for people um you have some amazing gifts that you will want to share with our listeners tell us about your email sequence tell us how you teach people through emails which is so so powerful tell us um what they can expect what they can get when they check in your link in the show notes yes my pleasure so by subscribing to my newsletter we check in you can do it on my website at romanmiranov.com, spelled as R-O-M-A-N-M-I-R-O-N-O-V.com. You can 
get tips, strategies, and daily or weekly motivation to stop watching porn and actually be be a better version of yourself. Mm, so amazing. So we're going to link this in the show notes. Where can people connect with you and um, like really, well, apart from the website and really get to know you a bit better about your story, what you're up to, you know, consume some, some of the free value that you give. Yeah, my two biggest social media channels are Instagram. I am on Instagram daily with my different updates and again, motivation, tips, strategies, and so on. And the other, the other one is my YouTube. I am a big YouTuber and I love that. And I really take a lot of time and energy to, to build videos that are motivating yeah so amazing so inspiring um i love that you have a a very powerful youtube channel um which definitely uh i think that video is so powerful just to see like you know the person who is behind the content emails are something but really the video like now people are just hearing you through this podcast but also seeing you and and just like have this energy and and wow so good um, to wrap it up, I want to ask you uh, what the question that we ask all our guests is, what was one of the fears that you faced um, in your life, in your business, wh- whatever? And now when you look back, it was such a catalyst for your success. I know there are many, but just isolate one that was like the biggest. <laughs> I would say that this was the biggest for me, but it's funny, you know, especially in the context of our conversation today. So let's say it was 2020, two years ago, and I signed up for my first podcast appearance Mm -hmm. and I was terrified because I wasn't good at public speaking at all. not, Not to say that I'm good now, but I was, I was so scared that it was difficult for me to have to have a solid conversation so I prepared myself for days before that podcast show I and I was sweating through the entire show I I didn't really know what to say I was very awkward that felt awkward and uh, yeah that was that that was terrible and you know two years fast forward I've, I've been to, or let's say, 40 or 50 podcasts. And now I, I don't have that fear at all. So no fear. I might be awkward. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not being perfect. And that's fine. And yesterday, what I did was I actually, um, a local TV channel interviewed me for about relationships. And th- th- that was challenging. But I think that by conquering that fear, two years ago, I was actually able to, to make that interview to mm. a, to a TV channel. <gasps> what I'm hearing. So compound effect of really confer- conquering that first fear and then small, small, small led to like really conquering the big TV uh, fear, which is, which can be like really intimidating. Um, I am assuming that you're introvert, especially for introverts. It's very awkward to be on camera and just like being there out there, putting yourself out there. 
Um, I don't, I didn't felt that you're awkward at all. I just felt that the nature of the conversation is very um, specific and can be a, a bit, you know, challenging. We don't talk about this enough, right? Yeah. Um, people still feel that there is a taboo when it comes to talking about, you know, sex, especially what we just discussed. And especially women tend to have like, oh no, we don't talk about this. But I think um, it was such a powerful conversation to just realize where we are um, about this addiction, how harmful it can be. And what can we do about it, right? So, so insp inspiring, really. Um, you're doing an amazing job. And yeah, I hope many people will get impacted by this. Yes, and thank you for the opportunity. And I one thing that I want to add, especially when you went, mentioned women, and especially single moms, <laughs> I think that we need to educate ourselves about this because we need to have this conversation with our kids oftentimes as women we i mean i'm, I'm not a woman of course but we tell ourselves uh i either i don't have any idea about how i should talk about porn to my kid or i don't really want to talk about porn to them because this is too uncomfortable mm. And that's what that's when we actually let oftentimes let our kids develop that addiction. So it wow. is important to be aware of that as a mom and to think about that conversation. It does need to happen. Yeah. Wow. And not just single parents. I think all parents need to be mindful of that, like that this is. We have a lot of, you know, things that are out there in the world, especially now in this day and age where kids have access to everything, right, through their mobiles. And we are not in where you were when you were 12, right? Our kid, my teenager is now, she she's 14. Um, she's in her room. I don't know what she's doing, you know, being able to hold a space for your kid and, and being approachable, trust them to come with the problem. I think basic communication, we forget to talk with our kids. I think that's the most important, right? It's where they feel safe and, and they can trust us. Um, so I think really being curious and being open to have a communicate communication and conversation with your kids. Yeah, such a great point. Yeah, so important. Um, well, you know, this is the work that we all do. And I just hope that everyone who is listening got some, some incredible value from, from it. I think it's always, you know, we always aim to impact just one person, but I think this is such an important conversation that we need to have in a society that is not, you know, highly addicted from different things, you know, how to break free from any kind of addiction and habit but especially this one, because it's such a waste of, like we said, like a creative energy, right? Uh, we're there to, we have to create things and we, we are meant to create uh, powerful stuff in the world. So wasting our energy is just like, wow, it's not good. So yeah, such a, such a great um, insight. Well, Roman, thank you so much for waking up so early in Toronto and joining me for this beautiful conversation. Um, 
I wish you all the best with your work and I wish that uh, more people get awareness of who you are, what you do in the world and just making this great impact. Thank you. And the work that you're doing about helping people break through their fear and achieve success, that is, that is amazing. I applaud you for that. Thank you so much. Speak soon. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so, 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 so much, you beautiful soul, for taking the time to jump in today and listen to this episode. I know you could be doing a gazillion other things, and I don't take this lightly. I really, truly, deeply appreciate your time and your support. And if you love this episode, please subscribe if you haven't yet and leave us a review at reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. Let me say this again, reviewthispodcast.com forward slash insider. You can leave a review on any device, which makes this super easy and sexy and really helps me to reach more people just like you. And with that being said, I'm sending you a daily dose of vitamin D. I love you so much and I'm so grateful for you. Until next time, fearless dreamer. Mwah.